Welcome to In the Fire, a podcast for the young families of Chapelgate Presbyterian Church. Marriage and parenting are a wonderful blessing and are extremely rewarding, but they're also really hard and can leave us feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and defeated. That's exactly why we started this podcast, to help families see how the gospel injects encouragement, comfort, and hope into the daily grind of our lives, and to remind you that you're never alone in the struggle. There is another In the Fire. Well, hello and welcome back to In the Fire. My name is Rob Gicking. I'm the host of this podcast and the director of Young Family Ministry here at Chapelgate. And I'm joined uh, actually for a second time by Dan Passarelli, who happens to be a doctor. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing good, Rob. I'm actually, uh, people can't see this, but I'm just kind of dancing over here in my chair listening to that intro music. So it's good. It's a nice, it's a nice little ditty. Um, Dan... You've been on the show, I think it was season one, you were like one of the first, maybe second or third episode, something like that, and we were talking about uh, missional living in our neighborhoods and in our office spaces, but uh, for the folks who maybe didn't didn't listen to that, go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do here at Chapelgate, and uh, the seminary as well. Yeah, um, well, I, again, thanks for having me back. Uh, I'm uh, an associate pastor at Chapelgate. Um, I've been here over 10 years now. I um, actually grew up here at this church. I uh, went to high school here and uh, met my wife here. That's that's another story. Um, maybe you could have me on a third time and we'll talk about that. Nobody wants to know about your romantic life, Dan. All right. That's that's fair. Um, anyway, uh, I'm also the president at uh, Metro Baltimore Seminary. Um, and um, yeah, really, I'm excited to, to be here to talk about Lent. So. Yeah, and of course I'm kidding. We would love to have you and Summer anytime you guys want to be on the uh, the podcast. Some of my favorite people. So yeah, we're talking about Lent today, which um, you know I'll be honest. When I first got to Chapel Gate, uh, I guess it was four or five years ago, I had never been at a church that celebrated Lent because it seemed to me anyway in my history to be a very Catholic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we are in the Protestant realm of the of the world of Christianity. But before we get into all of that. I have. Yeah, yeah. I was promised a hard-hitting question. And you before. shall, All you right, shall receive go. your hard-hitting let's question. Go. Here it is. Bum bum bum. You're about to go on a road trip by yourself. No one's with you. It's a long road trip, so you decide to create a playlist. What is the first song and last song on that playlist? Uh, first song is Taylor Swift. It's. Um, Shoot, what is it? Now, now I can't remember the, the name of it. Uh, There's really no good answer at this point, in my opinion. You know what? And you can you can hate that answer, podcast world, if you're like, how dare you? <laughs> well, I dared. Yeah. Anyway, Dan, finish your yeah. Taylor Swift uh, fandom. Uh, what is the name of the song? I can't remember the name of the song now. What's it go like? It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah, I think that's that's what it's called, right? No. I'm the problem. No, it has anti-hero. a anti-hero. Anti-hero. There it is. There we go. I'm sorry that your listeners have to hear me sing, but um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, a little extra. Yeah, extra so, fun this episode. So the the playlist starts off with "Antihero" okay. by Taylor Swift, and uh, it it finishes um, with another Taylor Swift song, actually. Um, and I can't remember. <laughs> I guess you're gonna have to sing this one too. How's this one go? How's this Taylor Swift song going? Uh, Mastermind. I don't know that one. Uh, it's the it's the new album, man. The whole it's just the basically the playlist is that album on repeat 
over and over again. And Man. that's the last song on the album. Well, I think uh, I would I would say for me, I'm going to do Danger Zone as I pull out of the driveway because it's it's a very solid choice as you pull out of the driveway. I mean, that's not a bad choice. I got a speeding ticket to Danger Zone when I was in high school. So. I've never had a speeding ticket, mostly because I'm a Christian. <clears throat> Self-righteous. Yeah, so, uh, but no, for real, I've actually never had a speeding ticket. But I'm glad that you have, and you've, you've learned your lesson? Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, Highway to the Danger Zone is where I'm starting, and I think I'm going to end with... Uh, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to end with uh, Enter Sandman as I get to my destination. So good. That's a good I playlist. mean, those are good choices. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, now that we've uh, got the, the, heavy, the heavy lifting out of the way, let's turn our attention now to the topic at hand, Lent. As I said before, it seems to me, at least historically, previously, to be a mostly Catholic thing. Uh, is it a Catholic thing? Why don't we just start there? Uh, that's a, it's a really good question. And um, it, historically, it it predates the, the emergence of the Catholic Church or the Roman Catholic Church. Um, a, as far back as uh, like the 180s, uh, one, 185 AD, uh, we have reference from um, Irenaeus, who was a bishop in Lyon, uh, which is now you know, modern day France, um, where he refers to uh, a period of, um, uh, of preparation uh, prior to Easter. It wasn't a 40-day period at that point. It was maybe uh, one or two days, uh, possibly 40 hours, something like that. Um, but so very early on in the practice of the church, there, there was a sense of um, when Easter was coming up, there, there, it, was, it was expected that there would be some sort of a, a preparation time leading up to that. So is that what Lent is? It's a, I mean, like in its most basic form, it's a time of preparing for Easter. Yeah, I, I would say Lent is 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 the season that leads up to Easter. That's really set aside for us as followers of Jesus to prepare our hearts to celebrate, uh, to remember His death and to celebrate His resurrection. Um, later on in church history, again, way before there was there was a Catholic Church. Um, there's, there's mention of Lent at uh, some of the councils, like the Council of Nicaea, the Council of Laodicea. Both, both of those happened in like the 300s. Um, and, and the Catholic Church didn't emerge till like, you know, 1050 AD. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and at that point, even those, those councils, it, was, it had become a period of kind of a 40-day preparation. It was often used for um, getting new converts ready to take the sacrament of baptism. Um, new believers were baptized at Easter in the early church. Right. And so uh, they would have that 40-day period of preparation. Um, they would memorize uh, kind of the catechism, the, the, the basic tenets of Christian faith, uh, and be expected to... Uh, kind of be preparing themselves spiritually and and mentally for this 
kind of momentous thing where they were identifying themselves with Jesus in his death and resurrection as they professed their, their faith publicly in baptism. So that's what that period was, was used for in the early church. Which we think of as a long time in today's, like, you know, going with like almost your, your baptism, is it's your church membership in, in a lot of ways. And so you, we tend to think of that as like a terribly long time, 40 days, wow. But I mean, even in the early, early church, like in those first one in 200 years, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't out of practice to have a whole year-long development, mm-hmm. you know, of being discipled, right. you know, I, hey, I want to follow Jesus, you know, I, I, I believe he is the Savior, and then you'd have a year, basically, of being taught the, the, the basics, the building blocks of Scripture and the Old Testament and what it means to be a Christian, and then you'd be baptized. So yeah. 40 days, you know, to us, again, might be long, but, you know, <laughs> it's probably... It's like the quick version. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 so getting back to like your your question about is is this a you know the kind of the connection with the Catholic Church? Right. Uh, certainly, in our current experience, um, uh, many people are familiar with it as a as a Catholic practice or a practice that the Catholic Church has kind of carried on and continued. Um, but but again, uh, even. Like in Laodicea, the the council that met in Laodicea in the 360s, there were instructions given that it was also to be a time of fasting, um, where uh, like if you got married or your birthday fell during the 40 days leading up to Easter, you were instructed not to have a celebration, not to have a feast, uh, because um, the the expectation was you're 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 um, Kind of devoting yourself, especially kind of it's a time specially set aside to contemplate Jesus, his death, the the reason he died, uh, to to rescue us from our sins, um, and and so uh, even as a as a period of fasting, um, it it predates the Western Church, mm-hmm. uh, the Roman Church. Um, but now, you know, in, in our current experience, it is, it is often known as a, as a time where, like, well, you got to give up sweets or you right. got to give up meat or uh, something like that. So, and, and, in, and I think in that respect, um, if, when the focus becomes just on giving up something, it, it loses its sense of anticipation and preparation for uh the death and resurrection of Jesus. It loses that Jesus-centered uh, kind of meaning, and then it just becomes about like, oh, well, I miss chocolate, or oh, I'm, you know, I, I miss my hamburger, or whatever. Right. So I'm realizing there's a couple things that we're that you and I are talking about right now that we know what we're talking about, but you know, had I not gone to seminary, even I don't know, if, like a council. So when when you're saying council. That's a gathering of the of, of basically all the pastors, right, of yeah. all the churches to yeah. come and discuss some sort of theological or ecclesiological, which is church, right, some right. church issue or some theological issue, yeah? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, like, w- the, the Council of Nicaea is where we get the Nicene Creed from, one of the early statements of kind of uh, basic Christian beliefs and and sort of if you were a christian church that was what you you know you it was a statement of your belief what you believed about um jesus what you believed the bible taught um and and yes yeah, so these were these were councils where leaders from 
the Christian church around the known world would gather um, to kind of hash out what is it we believe as a church. Right. So, you know, we think about that. It's it's not like a couple guys got together and said, hey, we should start this Lent thing. It's like, hey, we all got together and realized that there was great benefit to a season of preparation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially, like, um, the mentions of it in, in the notes, especially from the Council of Nicaea, it wasn't—that wasn't what the council was about. It was just they mentioned this period of preparation time. It kind of— Offhand, like in passing, um, so it was more like, oh well, we all know we do this kind right. of thing. It was just sort of an, an assumed thing, right? And so then, fast forwarding, I think what what you started to talk about really is um, the giving up of things during Lent, uh, right. which is you know in some ways a form of asceticism, right? It's mm-hmm. the like if if I kind of uh, how would you actually explain like asceticism? Yeah, I mean, it is and it isn't a form of asceticism. I mean, a, you know, an, an ascetic lifestyle is is one that sort of um, gives up all kind of comforts and 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 kind of, uh, you know, I think of that as like you know, you subsist on bread and water and and you know, vegetables, you know, once a week or something like right. that. You know, what where, what fasting is. Um, you know, it's it's connected to uh, the the fact that we are made. Um, we are not like souls that just happen to live in a body for a little bit. Um, you know that that's kind of the the Gnostic view of the world. Gnosticism was one of the early heresies that the church faced, where um, it believed that the body was evil and the spirit was good, and um, uh, you know, so it saw this kind of separation between the two, but but Christianity does not teach that. We teach that that we are body and soul together, made in God's image, and um, and so what we do physically impacts what we do spiritually, um, and so um, you know, there's there's a sense of um, when something is going on spiritually for us, it makes sense for there to be a physical dimension to that. Right, and we see this all the time um, in in Scripture, right? Like, God does not, uh, you know, we use the word condescension. Like, God condescends to us in ways that we can understand and relate to Him. You know, you think about, like, God Himself is a spirit, right? We see that, and yet also, like, you know, you, you see... Uh, that he gives us these pictures of himself, you know, like Jesus, right? He even says, oh, like the city of Jerusalem, like the, you would turn to me, I would have gathered you like a hen gathers her, her chicks, you know, these, these pictures, or he outstretches his arm, or he will be your shade at the right hand. He is your shield and protector, you know, these kind of physical uh, representations of, of God, even though God himself is a spirit. But then, like you're saying, in the person of Jesus, we see full God, full man, and they are, they are tied together eternally. Um, so that, that's, that's very helpful. So then thinking, let's get back a little bit closer to Lent, you know, and obviously we've got to cover all these things, right? Because it's all part of the, the greater meal. They're all ingredients in the greater meal, but the main dish here is Lent. So 
Lent, you said, is preparing for Easter. Where is the emphasis? Is it on the death of Christ or the resurrection of Christ? Is there a distinction? Yeah, so that's a good question. Let, let me let me back up one one sure. further thing, um, which we probably should explain, which is Lent. The term Lent uh, is really just an old English word that meant springtime. So it just referred to the season of the year, you know, which was spring, and and so um, Easter falls, uh, you know, kind of right in the middle of springtime. And so that season leading up to Easter was just given that that name in English in Old English of of the Lent season because it was a, a springtime it's a spring season. season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yes, as as you said, um, it or as you asked, it is um, the focus of of Lent is on preparation for celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And the reality for for Christians is that the resurrection of Jesus is is kind of God's final word in the history, the story of humanity, um, which has been marred for so long by sin and uh, sin being our rejection of God, our turning away from him to, to pursue our own way, which always, always, always leads to death. Right. And so when Jesus uh, entered into the human experience, he, he entered into the full experience of humanity, including our death. And he took on death on himself, ultimately to defeat it, um, to put an end to it uh, by bearing God's uh, wrath, his his response, his right response to sin when he died on the cross, and uh, rising again in victory over death uh, and in vindication of himself and his life and all of humanity, so that so that when we put our trust in Jesus. Um, and this is why, like, baptism was so connected with Easter. It's because baptism is the symbol, the sign that we're given that we have died with Jesus, been buried with him, and been raised to new life with him in his resurrection. So uh, I guess you're, you're, you were asking me, like, where's the emphasis in Lent? I mean, the emphasis for, for all of the Christian life, the emphasis is on the resurrection, but the resurrection implies the death. Yeah, and I think that's really interesting too because we tend to focus, right? Like I, I actually find it personally difficult even on Good Friday, mm-hmm. right? It's Good Friday. I have a hard time sometimes entering into true lament, mm. into true sorrow, into true, you know, deep repentance. I mean, the Westminster Confession, right, I, talks about repentance. It's like when a sinner comes in like to a full or, or, or a strong awareness of the odiousness of his sins, mm-hmm. you know, like the error of his ways. Well, on Good Friday, that's really a lot of what we focus on is that Jesus died because of my sin. Mm-hmm. But I have a hard time because I'm just thinking, well, in two days, though, you know, here comes Easter. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. I mean, I get that. It's interesting. Um, one of my favorite theologians, Miroslav Volf, um, he talks about how sometimes people can't face 
the darkness of their sin without knowing that forgiveness is guaranteed. Mm. And so I think what the resurrection allows us to do is not minimize the darkness of our sin, but actually look fully at it and say, yep, that's me, which, you know, getting back to Taylor Swift, hi, it's me, I'm the problem. See, it all circles back. Yeah, you're so wise. Um, But yeah, to say, you know what, yes, that is me. The, the, the darkness that is in my heart is real. Uh, my rejection of God is not minimal. It's not light. It's, it runs deep. And I can see that and admit it because I know that forgiveness is guaranteed in Jesus. And so, so Lent, the reason fasting is connected to Lent is because it's a period as we prepare to celebrate Jesus's resurrection, we take a good, honest look at ourselves and the world around us and what we've done to it. Mm. And so we're looking at ourselves and seeing, yes, this is the real me that has, that has the, the sin that I've committed is real, the hurt that I've done in my family, in my friends, in the people that I'm supposed to love the most, uh, and even to myself because of my sin, the hurt that I've done is real. And I'm, and I'm, upset about that. I'm sad for that. And so in fasting, I'm I'm kind of removing something that that for many of us is a is like a comfort that we that allows us not to focus, not to pay attention to what's going on inside. Okay. Okay. Um so that I can kind of have that that clear-eyed view of myself and express kind of my my sorrow over my sin right knowing that the resurrection has dealt with it okay so yeah because you think about giving up things and it can we can almost enter that with like a self punishment mentality right 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 like oh like i'm not i don't deserve <laughs> you know like we'll keep picking on chocolate you know that'll be the one but like i yeah. don't deserve chocolate well actually it's this it's like all good things really do come from god the father including mm-hmm. Chocolate, right? And yet, sometimes I can rely on on these earthly comforts, and and sometimes it's good to remove them for that exact purpose of of sort of acknowledging, like, wow, I'm, you know, like I got I got some stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, and and to say, hey, you know what? Like, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain from celebrating with chocolate right now because I know that. Jesus has died and risen, so I, I know there's a celebration coming. It's not denying the celebration of the resurrection, but it's it's kind of introducing a rhythm into how we live, uh, you know, our our lives on a year to year basis. Um, that in some ways needs to be part of our daily life, sure, of repentance. Um, but but introducing kind of a season of more focused, intentional, kind of being attuned to that reality of the need for repentance. And the other thing it's not is uh, it's not I'm going to give up chocolate so that God will forgive me. It's, right. it's not in any – there's no sense that this is like a, you know, if I do this for God, he'll do something good for me, right? So it's, um, you know, it's not I'm going to beat myself up. It's also not I'm going to do something – because God doesn't care if you eat chocolate or not. Right. Like 
I mean, and that's the whole gospel, yeah. right? Is like you can't do this on your own. You can't win or garnish my favor. I give it to you freely, right. and it costs me everything. Right. Exactly. But it's paid, and it is indeed finished. Right. Yeah. And so when we are giving these things up, it's almost an opportunity to to, like you said, it's like a physical reminder of what is already eternally true, which is there is no satisfaction found on this earth, and there is actually no hope for my sin apart from, there's no comfort. There's no comfort apart from the truth of the resurrection right? and, and, and what that means for me eternally because I have been cleansed with the blood of Christ. Right. Okay. So now that we're, we're kind of at that point, Lent starts with Ash Wednesday. Yes. Yes, it starts. Uh, Lent is a is a forty day period, but not counting the Sundays. The Sundays being kind of mini resurrection celebrations leading up to Easter Sunday. So forty days, not counting the Sundays um, before Easter, um, and and it starts on a Wednesday, uh, which is which is Ash. We call it Ash Wednesday. Um, really coming from the Old Testament tradition. Uh, where the prophets would call God's people to repent in dust and ashes. And the ashes were were like a visible reminder to the people that, you know, God had made them dust. They would one day return to dust. And by turning away from him, sinning against him, they, they had... Um, turned away from the one thing that made them not dust. Right. <laughs> the one thing that gave them, that breathed life into them. And, and it, was a, it was a sign of mourning over their sin uh, and, and uh, kind of visibly f- for them. Again, not like God didn't need that marker. God didn't need that reminder, but a way of reminding them that they were turning away from their sin and looking towards God for life. Yeah, because ashes in the Old Testament were, were a sign of mourning, mm-hmm. right? And right. when we talk about this mourning in conjunction with repentance— it's, it's a deep sorrow. It's a grief over my own sin, my own right. rebelliousness against God. Right. So, so the ashes, right, Old Testament sign, we, we take that now forward into Ash Wednesday. Yeah, and, I would, and, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's sim- symbolic. I, I wouldn't say it's not an Old Testament sign in the way that we kind of use that term in a more sacramental sure. sense. Um, so it's, it, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's an outward kind of symbol, uh, really for us, like a reminder for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a reminder and it's a reminder. And I think what we, what we did last year, um, I told you, it's like, it was really impactful for me, the visible reminder, right? The symbolism of taking the ashes, which, which is dust, yeah, placing that on someone's forehead, you know, from dust you have come and to dust you shall return. But we do it in the shape of a cross, right? Because because apart from the cross, that's the end of the story, right? Right, Dan, you came from dust to dust you will return. That's it, right? <laughs> but because of the cross, but you have, Jesus, you have hope. Yes. So so we start even from day one of Lent with both a an acknowledgement of the incredible consequences of my sin, namely death. But the hope that my sin has been covered, right. the truth that it's been covered in the cross, on Jesus Christ on the cross, right. the hope of his death and resurrection means that my death is only a, a step. It's the next step yes. in my journey. Exactly. 
So now thinking about some of our young families out there, mm-hmm. right? Um, is this is Ash Wednesday specifically something that we would encourage kids to participate in, especially little kids, like you know babies, right? We're we're blowing up with babies here at Chapel Gate right now. It's crazy, <laughs> you know. But I'm like, you know, would you would you encourage a family to bring their their baby to Ash Wednesday? I mean, that's a really interesting question. So uh, the ashes are. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's completely kind of voluntary thing. It's, it's just something that we offer for people um, that would like that, that kind of visible reminder for them. Um, so, you know, if, if a family wants to, to bring, you know, a baby and, and, you know, have us put the ashes on, on their baby, I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's, I'm happy to do that. You know, I don't, I don't know um, that it, I mean, it certainly doesn't do anything for the baby or, right. or for them, but, you know, um, uh, I, I think more so um, I, I could see, you know, children, you know, who who might kind of understand and sort of ask, you know, hey, well, what does this mean on on my forehead? And, you know, do, wh- why do I, you know, do I want to do that? You know, um, uh, you know, I could see that kind of being a, a real good conversation starter within yeah. within a family. And um, I even think you know, going back to the babies, I think that's a good conversation starter between you and your spouse. Yeah. That you have to wrestle with the fact that this precious child is marred by, <laughs> by sin, just as you are. Yeah. And whose only hope is, is yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Again, yeah. You, you know. But, but I mean, you know, to get back to your point, I mean, making it very specific for folks at Chapelgate, I mean, we are, we are going to be having, you know, the pastors will be kind of out in the, in the, um, we call it the, the parking, parking lot. lot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we want to we want to pray for people that come in. And so, you know, I'd, I'd love to see our, you know, families with, you know, little babies. I'd love to pray for pray for them, pray mm-hmm. with them, um, you know, and if, if they want the ashes, great. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, and I think it can be a really cool way for families to kind of introduce, especially if you've if Lent is not something you've typically um, observed in the past, uh, it can be a really powerful way to introduce a new rhythm into your family life that, um, uh, you know, hey, we celebrate birthdays, we celebrate, you know, um, parties, we have a big Memorial Day feast, you know, we have a, you know, so like in the summer, we look forward to fireworks, you know, on 4th of July. But, you know, in the darkness of winter and, you know, February is, is, you know, still it's, it's cold and whatever. There's, there's this thing that we do every year where we, we kind of enter into that darkness of the world for a little bit, looking forward to the resurrection of Jesus. So I think it can be a a cool way for families to bring kind of the life, death, resurrection of Jesus into their annual kind of rhythm of how they do life. Yeah, and I, I love that because we we actually do this, you know, um, these rhythms, these habits that, that really do, they're, they're things we physically do, but they have a spiritual impact. I mean, I think about Advent calendars, right, heading up to Christmas, and, you know, like there's, there's Lego Advent calendars and chocolate Advent right. calendars, and, you know, for the dads, sometimes there's beer Advent calendars, like there's all kinds of you know, <laughs> some of them are better at turning our attention to Jesus than others, right? But yeah. we do. We have that sort of rhythm in Christmas. It's it's anticipating, looking forward to the, the birth of Christ. 
this is this is that for Easter, right. you know. So, you know, in, in Christmas time, we have Advent calendars, we have carols, we have things that we can do, and some of our young families are already doing that. But talk to us now for Lent, like what are ways that, and it may be different depending on the age of your kids. But let's start with a little bit older kids. Let's say like fourth, fifth grade, and older. What are some of the ways that our families can, as a family, besides Ash Wednesday, really enter into this Lenten season? Yeah. So one of the things we offer for everybody at the church, not just families, but for everybody, is um, a a Lent devotional guide. Um, I'm really excited about it this year because what we did was we actually got 40 people in the congregation to write a prayer, and then each of their prayers is, is the prayer for one of the days. Um, and we included children in that as as well as, you know, adults. So um, absolutely, like, I, I would say, you know, grab one of those guides or listen to it online. They're going to be recorded audio, so you could listen to it together as a family. You could read those, the scriptures for each day and the prayers together. Um, one of the things that I've done during the season of Lent in the in past years has been reading through the Gospels or picking a Gospel to read through. Um, so depending how old your kids are, uh, you could, you know, read through, you know, pick, say, the Gospel of Mark. Uh, we're actually, Mike is going to start preaching through Mark um, the first Sunday of Lent. And so you could say, hey, we're going to read through the Gospel of Mark. And we'll just, you know, every night we'll read, you know, a few, you know, for a few verses or, you know, get through it. Um, so you might, as a family, decide, hey, we're going we're gonna to pick something to give up together until Easter. So we are going to give up watching movies together. And um, instead of that, you know, we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll read a little bit of the gospel in the evening. Or, you know, hey, we're all, I mean, you know, I hate to pick on chocolate, but, you know, hey, we, we, we are going to give up chocolate for Lent. And whenever we feel that like, oh, where's the chocolate tonight? We're going to say, oh, yeah, Jesus, his, his resurrection is coming. You know, we're so thankful for him. Um, but again, that would be something you wouldn't want to impose on your kids, but like invite them into that process. Like, hey, what's something that we love that if we, if we don't do it for this, the next few weeks, it'll remind us that um, Jesus came to die for our sins and he rose again for us. Um, so th- those might be, you know, some things to talk about as a family. Um, and then even if your kids are, are significantly younger, um, you know, could you, you know, could you take a, um, like a prayer that you, you would pray together every night, you know, which would be as simple as, you know, Jesus, I'm sorry I didn't love you the way I should today. I'm sorry I didn't love you with everything that I am, you know? Thank you for the cross. Right. Um, and, and just, and, and that's, you know, even if your kids aren't old enough to say those words themselves, if you as a parent model that kind of confession of sin uh, that leads, you know, to repentance and remembering that Jesus died and rose for you, for your forgiveness. I mean, you're you're pointing them to the one hope that we all have. So, and and I'm not saying you can't do that the rest of the year, but you know, this this season of 40 days leading up to Easter, where the church has traditionally always put a special emphasis on that. Um, you know, it's it makes sense to kind of put that annual rhythm 
into your life as a family. Yeah, and that helps sometimes too, right? We see this every year. Like there's a reason why on January 1st, the gyms are packed with people because (laughs) there is a natural start point there, right? And so as we think about this, you know, yeah, who knows? Maybe this is the springboard that your family's been looking for. You get started with this Lent practice of maybe even, maybe it's as simple as like praying every night Hmm. before bed, right? We pray together as a family and there's a baby in the midst of that. And the baby just, you know, is there. The baby cries out to God with with groans. We don't understand, but God does, right? Right. But I go, if your prayer is five sentence long and that's what you do every night before bed, your children begin to get into the rhythm of that, that like, hey, my parents, they do something with God every night, you know, mm-hmm. as a family that my dad, because my mom, they need Jesus, because they need Jesus. And yeah. so, and who knows, you get to Easter and it's so good that you keep going. Great. Yeah. That's like, you don't, you know, you don't stop yeah. with Jesus at the resurrection. Yeah. That's yeah. where it all gets yeah. good. You know, one, one, one year I stopped um, checking uh, like internet news sites obsessively. Cause I was just like, I, this is not, I just need to get the mental space to be able to focus on something else. Right. And by the time Easter came, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so refreshing. Like, I'm going to carry this on. Right, right. So what, what's something that you, you have done in the past for you, either yourself or your family during Lent that was particularly impactful? Yeah, I mean, I think the two things I already mentioned, like reading through uh, the Gospels, actually a couple, I think it was last year, I ended up reading through all four of the Gospels because I did it. My, you know, my girls are a little bit older and they kind of do their own things now. But, I, you know. I read through all four of the Gospels, and um, you know it was great because you know Easter you know comes and I'm I'm hitting the last resurrection account just as you know Easter is there. Um, uh, you know, one year I, I did like I cut myself off from the internet entirely um, again because I wanted to use that space, not because that did anything for me or you know got God to do something for me, but just because it created space. Um, to uh, to put my time more intentionally focused on following Jesus in a in a walk of repentance and faith in Him. And I I love that because those are two personal things for you, right? For me, like I I, yeah. I mean, this is not a a measure of anything other than just like I don't I don't read a lot of news online. So the truth is, like, if I gave up reading news online, yeah, that wouldn't God, do anything. God yeah. would get an additional maybe like thirty seconds out of me in the next forty <laughs> days. But you know, there are a lot of things that I could give up um, that would actually either produce that space for me to reflect, or that would would produce a continual remembrance, hmm. a continual opportunity to be remembered of my sin and God's God's sufficiency. And so, yeah. for me, things that have been helpful in the past, um, I have given up TV like after a certain hour at night and it's, it's it, you know, like even seven thirty, right? Like, yeah, after seven thirty, the TV's off. I, I put my phone away. Well, you find yourself quite bored, you know, <laughs> it, well, what am I going to do at this time? You know what? I haven't prayed in a while. You know, like, Oh man, I haven't, I haven't really read God's word in a while. Like, yeah. And that's the difference between being purposeful about this and just like, Oh, well, I'm just going to give it up. Like that's the point is not to just give something. The point is to be purposeful. Yeah, this is not a self-discipline exercise, yeah, right? This no. is, in, in many ways, like a very restorative exercise. Yeah, yeah. So maybe just um, in a few closing words, like how would you wrap up, you know, maybe our conversation, forget the councils, forget the history of this, but what is Lent and what do you hope our people could get from Lent? Yeah, I mean, in, in its simplest, Lent is is the season of 
mourning all that is lost in sin, both in my own life and, and in the world, the brokenness in the world around me. It's, it's recognizing it. It's looking, kind of looking the darkness hard in the face and at the same time being reminded that Easter's coming. You know, it's like that, that old saying, you know, it's Friday now, but Sunday's coming. Um, and, and in some ways, we live in that bridge period between Good Friday and Easter Sunday uh, until Jesus returns. And so in some ways, Lent is just a way of reminding ourselves that that's the season, that's the place we live in. So... That's, that's and, and and I would and really I what I hope for for all of our folks at Chapelgate is to to experience um, you know to to find God drawing close to them to find them draw to find him drawing them closer to him um, not because I mean because that's what that's what we want throughout the year is is for us to experience God's presence in the day-to-day rhythm of our lives Um and, and if, if, you know, uh, observing Lent facilitates and helps that, which I think it does, um, you know, but if it doesn't for you, then that's okay. Um, but my hope is that it will uh, for our folks. Yeah. So. And, and maybe just a closing word on my end to our audience, just give yourself permission, mm-hmm. right? Give yourself permission. If the ashes are too weird, give yourself permission to show up and just pray with us, you know, on Wednesday. Yeah. If if the ashes are weird, but you're like, I, I kind of want to try Well, try it. Like, see what happens. Like, it's it's nothing magical. But, yeah, those those visible symbolic things, they, they do help a lot, you know. And yeah. give yourself permission to try it and, and talk to God. Journal about, you know, God, that was really weird. Or, like, actually, it was very touching in a way I wasn't expecting. And give yourself permission to try Lent and get to the end of Lent and be like, yeah, I gave up something that was totally stupid and I really didn't do a great job. It's okay. Just try. Like, lean in and see what God has for you in this season, ultimately knowing you have it all already. That's right. So, Dan, well, thanks for being with us. Um, I'm always grateful to be with you. And obviously, you guys can tell me and Dan, we like to have fun. But this this really is a beautiful thing that we talked about. We're excited um, to, to get to work on it together, but also just to be part of Chapelgate and to be part of your lives as we walk through this season together, this season of preparation and remembrance. Yep. Thanks for being. I mean, thanks for being. Thanks for having me. I yeah. appreciate it, Rob. Glad to have you and glad to be. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, listen, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll have another one for you next week. And until then, be blessed and let us know if there's anything we can do to be a blessing to you. Take care.